Welcome to Stress-Free Living. I'm Gregory Landsman. Today I wanted to talk about manhood. Manhood has always been an uncomfortable concept for me. I never really understood what it meant. I just knew as a child that I wasn't getting it right. Being brought up almost exclusively by women meant that my mannerisms were softer and I failed to develop the tough manly characteristics typical in most South African men. However, my maternal grandfather embodied this image to a T. He was a bull of a man who was rumored to have bitten off a man's ear because he had listened to gossip about my grandmother. At the age of seven, I recall going on holiday to his farm in Zululand. My grandfather believed I was too gentle for a boy and wanted to toughen me up. So one afternoon, he took it upon himself to instruct me in men's activities. This involved locking me in the chicken hock and telling me to catch a chicken. I had never seen anyone do this, and needless to say, had never done this myself. With every unsuccessful attempt to catch a chicken, the rooster attacked me, and the more I tried, the more vicious it became. Fear seemed to crawl out of the pit of my stomach. I fell to the ground, shivering and crying, unable to talk or even scream. My eyes searched my grandfather's for help, but his face showed only disappointment. Shaking his head with agitation, he opened the hock door to let me out, while stepping in himself and effortlessly grabbing the first chicken within reach. Then with one hand on my shoulder, he furiously walked me over to a table in the yard, letting me know that this lesson was far from finished. The chicken fluttered its wings trying to get away, and my stomach churned at the thought of what was going to happen next. Without any sense of remorse, he put it on the table and told me to hold the neck. He was determined to turn me into a tough boy, and my tears were not about to stop him. Rolling his eyes, he pointed a finger at me, and in a deep voice said, Hold the chicken's neck now. He was an intimidating man, and my fear of him made my reluctant hand hold the chicken's neck down. My hand was frozen around the chicken's neck, which twitched with terror, and as he picked up this enormous blade, I shut my eyes. My breathing was stuck like glue in my chest, as my heart pounded in anticipation of what was coming. Then suddenly, with a loud thud, I felt all life leave the chicken's body. Reluctantly, I opened my eyes. As I looked down, I gasped. The chicken's head lay lifelessly in the pool of blood, which had exploded all over my hand and shirt. Reading my expression, he shook his head in disapproval. So often I felt the sting of disapproval, not from what people said, but what they did not say. I stood there shaking uncontrollably as vomit heaved from my stomach. Feeling I could take no more, I backed away from the table and ran. His voice grew strong as he shouted, Don't be so stupid, come back here. His reaction terrified and humiliated me. I ran into the cornfields and hid. I lay down and cried until I could cry no more. I didn't know how to be anything other than what I was, and I knew that what I was was not good enough. That feeling of not being good enough is soul-destroying. My grandfather wanted me to be a strong boy, but I wasn't. I was a sensitive, creative child who, without a willing male role model in my life, was taught by women to be kind to others, put other people's needs first, and look for the good in people. So much of who we are as adults is shaped by our experiences in the playground of our youth, experiences that build our foundation of self-worth and determine whether we will go out into the world full of confidence or carry the underlying stress of always struggling to find a place where we can be ourselves. The sadness for me was that people around me continually made decisions about who I needed to be in the world that bore no resemblance to who I actually was. 
It took years of beatings from my father and bullying at school before one day at the age of 14, a bully pushed my head into a locker so hard that I saw stars. All the years of pent-up frustration and self-loathing for never wanting to fight back rose up and I lost all control. Despite being twice my body size, I flew at the bully, knocked him to the ground and started pummeling his face with my fists until the blood from his broken nose covered us both. That day, so blindly full of fury and hate, I had to be physically pulled away by a teacher before I stopped. And while I was not proud of this incident, I was never bothered again at school. Decades later I've come to understand that so often in life people mistake kindness for weakness, and yet they are very different things. The one represents the best of ourselves, and the other drives some of our worst behaviour. The thing I came to know about bullies is that looking strong and talking big doesn't necessarily mean feeling strong. In fact, it's often the opposite. As a boy, I had no desire to hit or hurt others. So why did it take an incident where I lost control and became everything I loathed in people for me to be left alone? Why did it take until the age of 17 when I was finally big enough to tell my father that if he used his bow to hit me one more time, I would hit him back? My grandmother always said there would come a time when my father could no longer take his anger out on me, and she was right. But why did I need to wait to be physically stronger for things to change? I had spent my entire childhood longing for this day. So you'd think that when it finally arrived, I would have felt happy. But in truth, all I felt was guilt. I had been trained to be obedient, and to speak to my father in this way filled me with shame. Shame for not being what he wanted as a son. Shame for standing up for myself. But mostly, shame for not being loved enough to not be beaten and abused. Shame is a horrible emotion that eats away at our self-worth. As I look back, I realize that shame had no place here, as at the heart of it, I was simply standing up for myself and saying that I was worth more than being beaten for someone else's anger. On reflection, the pent-up anger and self-loathing began to fester when I started to hide parts of myself in fear that I would be hurt and rejected by others. I had learned that expressing myself as a young boy who was softly spoken, with finely honed manners, and a love of all things beautiful would only reap rejection and abuse. The disease to please slowly filtered through my life and ensured that I prioritized someone else's happiness before my own. I became what I thought I needed to be for others, fearing I would go unloved because what I represented wasn't good enough for those around me. By hiding my authentic self, I lost some of the best parts of myself and began to live and love in a way that was contradictory to who I was inside. Ironically, I spent years trying to reclaim the parts of myself that I had given away as a child. Finding the strength to be authentic as I grew older meant standing up to the people I loved. So when my father told me that I had to get out of the house if I didn't stop working in fashion and go and study computer science, I left the house. By this stage I was learning that I needed to follow my dreams and believe in them, even when others didn't. One of my greatest learnings was not to waste precious time and energy accommodating others when they asked me to be a watered-down version of myself, even if it was people I loved. In our world as it stands today, it takes courage to be a first-rate version of ourselves not a second-rate version of what others want us to be. Admittedly, standing up to those I loved was one of the hardest things I ever did. 
it felt as though my world might crumble. Because even though these relationships didn't support me to be my authentic self, they were all I had and all I knew. This wasn't easy. But it was the start of taking my world into my own hands and making my own decisions about who I wanted to be, what supported me, and what didn't. A big part of my healing was coming to terms with how I was treated and what was allowed to take place before I could take my life back into my own hands. What was hardest to accept was that often those we love the most hurt us the most. But it was only when I found the courage to feel the sadness, the anger, and the deep shame at having traded my best self for other people's approval that I could finally embrace myself wholeheartedly. I found this was my key to finding purpose and a sense of peace. Through all of this I learned that my parents are just people who could give me no more or no less than what they had inside. We are all products of our upbringing and in truth our parents often do better than their parents did. Today I know that to live fully we need to bring the full spectrum of who we are to our lives. Accepting my humanness and my differences allowed me to find self-acceptance and joy. It has been a long road back to reclaim the parts of myself that I made wrong and discarded. A big part of being my authentic self was moving beyond the limiting stereotypes of masculinity. As human beings we are all meant to be different. When we can accept this simple truth we will no longer hurt ourselves or each other for the simple things that make us human. Over the years I had learned that no one could give me permission to be myself. This was a gift I had to give myself. What I know today is that while we cannot change our past or what has occurred in our childhood, we can make peace with it. Something incredible happens when we embrace and accept the hurt parts of ourselves compassionately. We step out of our childhood pain and the limitations that were placed on us, and we step into our authentic selves. No matter who we are or what has occurred, we owe it to ourselves to know that we are valuable and that we matter. When we get to the truth of who we are, it is not about masculinity or femininity, but celebrating our humanity and the divine differences we all bring to the world. Take care of yourself, believe in yourself, support yourself, but more than anything, give yourself permission to be yourself. In doing so, you give others permission to live their best lives and do your part in changing our world for the better, one person at a time. Until next time, I'm Gregory Landsman. This is Stress-Free Living. Stay blessed and do good in the world. Superstar. Baby, you're my superstar.